And welcome back. This is the Culp Strong Power Podcast. I've got another young athlete here with me. This is Matt Brooks. Thanks for being here, Matt, today. Appreciate you for having me, sir. Absolutely, sir. Uh, we got to, I finally got to meet you in person here at the North of the Border meet a few months ago. Um, are you from the – you're not from Ohio, though, are you? I'm from Tennessee. I was doing the meet, though, the next day. You would come out and hung out with you at the sweatshop. Awesome. So, yeah, go ahead. So, if you're from Tennessee, go ahead and give us a little bit more background information, just kind of kind of where you're from, who you lift with, what gym you go to, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm from East Tennessee. I lived in Kingsport at Apex Gym. Um, coming up, we uh, had a little private gym, but it's not there anymore. It was in Johnson City. That's uh, where I kind of got in the whole equip thing. Uh, that's just what everyone did at the time. That was around 2015 through 17. Um, cool. About it. <laughs> uh, what kind of uh, – so you say the private gym is no longer there. Is that no. as a recent or what? No, no, it shut its doors uh, early 2017. There's some oh. something to do with the insurance on the on the place. It was there were basically it was the owner had the place under like the part of like his homeowner's insurance, and it was not his home. So there's some kind of issue with that. And then we wound up looking for a. I think he wound up looking for another place. It just never wound up settling. So uh, now I'm at a somewhat of a commercial gym. Uh, that was my next question. Kind of what, what are you doing now? So commercial gym, is it like a, like a one life type LA fitness? No, nah, man, it's pretty sports specific for the most part. Like the, uh, I got a monolith competition benches. Uh, most of what I could ask for, just not like, uh, you know, the big boy bench bars and the big boy squat bars. Yes. Okay. Uh, do, what kind of a crew do you work with? How many guys or do you lift with generally? I typically lift alone, man. I just work in with the guys that I can. Sounds yeah. kind of crazy, but that's just how it is. No, I mean, I got, that's how I got my start. Uh, yeah. I had to walk it. So I got my start at a local YMCA of all places <laughs> up, up in Northeast Ohio. And I'd walk through the gym doors. There was actually two of them. I'd walk through the doors and I would scan the gym. And I was like, okay, can I bench heavy today? Do I have enough spotters? Nope. Okay. We'll have to do something else. So I, I, I did the same thing. So <laughs> I'm very, very familiar with that. That was my first probably four years. I was at the YMCA for my first three or four years. And I had always scanned the gym and make sure I had guys in there to spot me. And if I couldn't, I just had to choose something else. That was, that was a bit rough, but um, it's crazy. You know, they're like uh, squatting dead. So I can even full gear, you know, I can kind of get through that, but like uh, with, you know, minimal help, but benching in a shirt it's like there's a handful that i'll ha trust the, to hand me the bar you know yep and that's that's a lot to ask you got to be you got to make sure that the, the people can do it properly that you also trust them that's yeah. uh yeah that's why I, when i do come upon a fantastic group of people like i have now i'm i'm eternally grateful because it's a lot to ask but it's also them being absolutely perfect every every time so that's an awesome thing to have. So if you're, you're lifting primarily by yourself, you have maybe one or two guys here and there, people to hand off to you. What type of programming do you follow generally? Are you more of a, are you a conjugate kind of guy or do you do your own thing mostly? 
Yeah, it's it's pretty conjugate. Um, I will say though, some of the things for bench though, I picked up from you yourself actually. Uh, but I mean, it's it's just straight old school West Side for the most part, man. Okay. So do you you do the accommodating resistance type? You do speed days, max effort days. Yeah. Um, squatting is usually always speed for the most part. Uh, look, max effort usually deadlift day. Uh, benching, you know, most of most of it's. Uh, most of it's max effort. I mean, I'll go uh, a week uh, raw, a week in the Widowmaker right now, and then a week in the in the Kruger for the time being. Uh, Polly, I don't, I haven't, you know, used that rotation. I don't know what I'll go to for that. Probably something very similar. Okay. So before we get further, I guess uh, you've obviously competed quite a bit, and I got to watch you compete, which is pretty awesome. Uh, what is your what are your current best lifts? What do you squat, bench, deadlift? What are you total? You're full power guy. Yeah, uh, best uh, total was eighteen forty. Uh, best squat was in a meet was seven fifty. Best bench was four seventy five. Uh, best uh, pull was six twenty two. Okay, is that, are those the numbers? I, I'm thirty one and senile. Is those are those are those the numbers you got at the north of the border? A few uh, no. Ago? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't do. I got the bench in the squat. I didn't get the deadlift that day, though. Okay, that was a tough day. <laughs> tough day. Yeah, the that's just kind of part of the sport. I don't expect. That's the thing. I don't ever. I don't train to fail. I don't like using that word either. I, I don't train to miss. I don't train to bomb out of the meat. Yeah, uh, but it, it is just part of the sport. Unfortunately, um, I went five meets in a row with success uh just successful bench successful bench and i came upon my sixth meet in a row here trying to be successful in november and i bombed out and it wasn't yeah. like i expected to but i'm like i'm really pushing the the fate barrier um going six meets in a row uh with full success so it, it, is, it is just part of the sport you're not going to have a good day every day and you're obviously you're equipped correct oh yeah yeah, that's the only way to do it, right? That's right. Good. And mul mul multiply for the most part? Yeah, I've never done, you know, unlimited, but I just need something else for the time being. Mm -hmm. Have you delved into single ply at all? Uh, I haven't. I would like to, but I don't really have much of a desire to do anything other than bench and single ply, to be honest. Well, bench is all that matters anyway. That's right. right. <laughs> No, it's fun, man. It's uh, it's appealing to me just because of the idea, the concept of getting as much out, uh, as you possibly can mm -hmm. out of one single layer. Yeah, um, that's very appealing to me. And there's a lot of tricks and things you can do uh, to make it work. Uh, obviously, the right equipment is a necessity. Um, I always push people towards the Titan equipment because they make the best single play out there. <laughs> I went to the WPO and saw a bolt, which I think is single ply only. I don't yep. think they make multiply bolts. It One guy had it. It, it just, yeah, it blew yeah. right apart. And I was like, I've seen that too. Yeah. So stop giving your money to Inzer. They don't care about you guys. They, uh, they make garbage equipment. But um, so, and uh, I forgot to ask exactly how old you are. I know you're a little bit on the younger side. Uh, I'm 26. 26. Okay. Not as young as I was. I thought you were 25, 24. I was close. <laughs> um, you're 
your current goals, uh, let's say it's a, it's a brand new year. So what do you want to accomplish, say, in the year of 2022? And what would you like to accomplish on the long-term side, more on the 10-year mark, give or take? Um, for the year, man, I just want that 2000. Um, uh, long-term, I've never put a whole lot of thought into it other than, you know, you get that, then you just add 100 pounds to it each time. There you go. So what would be if you were to total 2000 based on your current lifts or what would you, would you do like eight, five, seven? Yeah, you got to do it on that particular day. Um, yeah. That's kind of how I treat the deadlift for the most part. Mm-hmm. I treat um, the deadlift as a bench accessory. Cause uh, I know you do. <laughs> that's all it's good for, for me. I, I don't know. I'm trying to ease my way back into, uh, I mean, some, some people know that I'm trying to, uh, get into single ply full power. Yeah. Possibly end of the year, maybe the beginning of the next. Just depends on how things go. But um, how many yeah, times did you talk about that? Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while, but I'm working on it. Um, you've obviously competed quite a bit. How long have you been lifting all together? Like the first time you picked up a weight until uh, now? That was uh, first time I went to the gym when it was when I was seventeen. Um, first meet I did was on my nineteenth birthday. So, so I guess nine nine years, seven years competing. Okay, so two years in, you started competing. You've been doing it ever since. So from oh, yeah. nineteen until now, cool. Um, what are what are some of the feds? I know obviously APF is one of them, but where else have you competed? Um, APF, uh, which you just said, IPA, Mm -hmm. uh, like IPA quite a bit, uh, SPF, which, uh, it can be either really good or really bad in my experience. I've heard that. And then I did one meet that was the last raw meet I did. It was uh, GPC. Uh, it was hosted by SPF. It was in Vegas. Oh, gotcha. So have you experienced, I don't assume you've experienced the the tragedy that is say like USAPL or USPA. We don't really have that around here to be honest. So no. Oh, you're lucky man. Isn't that uh, weird? That's <laughs> very alien to me because the entire state of Virginia is ran by those two feds. That's all you have uh, options for. If I want to compete, yeah. I got to leave the state. I got to go North or South or Ohio or far. Now, there's, there's a, there's a few like, I want to say there might be like one USAPL meet a year over here and then maybe two USPAs. But I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people that do them. Uh, if that says anything, most of the guys I, I know they're doing, you know, APF or SPF for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me. The inconsistency with something, at least USAPL, even though they're, they're dicks, but at least they're consistent. Yeah. Um, it's strange because here on the East coast, USPA on their entry forms. I mean, before I learned my lesson, I did a few of their meets. I, I mm-hmm. regret that, but their entry forms say, you know, that they have raw, classic raw, single ply, multiply. Then in bold letters, money, money, yeah, but it says <laughs> no monolith will be provided, as if that's an option. So if you're a multiply guy, oh, they have a multiply division. Good, I can go compete. Oh, but at this particular USPA meet. No monolith will be provided. So you got to walk out your multiply squats 
and then bench on their piece of shit combo rack benches, which are garbage anyway. So, yeah, I, I have a real distaste for a lot of what they've done to me personally than what they yeah. also do just in general. I won't lie. I've honestly thought to actually it wasn't all that long ago. Like I, I've seen where there was a USPA meet coming up uh, just like within an hour away. I thought about doing bench only there. Then I realized, man, I'm going to have to buy all new stuff. My, none of my shit's approved. <laughs> See, that's yeah. I, I can understand, you know, approved gear lists and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I understand that. But the fact that the only benches that meet the specs for that fed are the combo racks yeah yeah that doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me at, at all and they're just they're just such shitty pieces of equipment to bench on and i know a lot of people do a lot of people are it's probably an unpopular opinion but i'm gonna be honest they are absolute pieces of garbage i don't know that i've ever used one good <laughs> don't you will not like it it's they're they're the pads are really thin very narrow and too close to the ground. It says it's supposedly some kind of like throwback. They they wanted to design the pad based on what we used to bench on like decades ago. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but the sport, we're trying to move the sport forward. Why are you going backwards, you know, 40, 50 years? So you're gonna do that. You might as well have like the those old benches where they had like the uprights right there next to your head. Sure. Yeah, unadjustable, fixed upright. So I yeah. For, for, uh, for what if we're gonna go down that? Why don't the football players wear leather helmets with cotton inside or wool? Like, <laughs> if you want to take a sport backwards, make them do that. See how long they last. Anyway, so so um, you've competed quite a bit since you were 19 years old. That's about seven or eight years of competing. Yeah. Um, so, what's your favorite memory uh, from your competitive uh, experience? Um, honestly, man, it was that last bench I took at the north of the border. I had you, Anthony, Jeff McDowell, and Bane all right there behind me. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. That pretty, no, that was awesome. Um, I, I forget exactly. Were you having some trouble on your, your first and second, or did you pull it together? Like, explain the explain the story. Um, yeah, I took a open light because I had switched from that overkill shirt back to the SDP just – I uh, couldn't get that thing to work for me. Uh, only took one bench in it before the meet and uh, opened real light because of that, you know, and I took a big jump from the first to the second, missed the second, just a technical thing. It just went right back in the rack. I got the bench, but I didn't count. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, it was just some uh, – going from – I think it was like 405 to 475. I mean, it was like a big jump. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, have you competed since north of the border? Yeah. No. You have plans to compete soon? A few months? Uh, possibly. Yeah? Yeah, I just haven't uh, gotten the, the details yet, you know. Oh, okay. Wait, it's supposed to be in the works for April. April. Okay. Is that uh, in, in the state of Tennessee? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> You're that's lucky. I, I wish I could just compete somewhere here in, in Virginia, but unfortunately that's well, just not. not the it, case. It's usually like a four hour drive from where I live. So. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm, I'm driving less than that, but we're, we're up in the Northern <laughs> corner of the state. We're crossing state lines. So, yeah. Uh, but I still have to technically leave the state, but. 
I know what you mean. It's just the way it is. Um, what is the most important thing that you've learned so far um, in terms of the sport? Longevity, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's like the highest priority anyone should have. I mean, like the easiest way to put up a big total is just chipping it away at it. I mean, you can make big progress in a short term, short period of time, but uh, you know, if, if you got this injury or that injury you got to deal with, you know, you're taking two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're coming from, you had a, bit of an injury uh not too long ago that you came back from oh yeah yeah with the uh the arm break right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah fractured only and radius yeah so you're coming back from so before I, I i forget the exact numbers we've talked about it yeah before that happened you were benching was it five or close to five uh, i'd take it over five and like off of boards in the gym but uh five was the attempt that uh, was just like the straw that broke the camel's back Okay. So, so you had, you had broken your completely, was it a, was it a full break between the two bones? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to, uh, you can see the scars there. Uh huh. I can't really rotate it that much. You uh, You got plates and bolts and all that stuff too. Yeah. Two seven and a half inch plates, 13 screws. Okay. So yeah, you're coming from a complete arm break, both bones. And then building back from that. I remember you talking about the, kind of the nerves behind it and stuff like that. And I, I can't, I, that's never happened to me. Yeah. Like right, right there between the watch and the tattoo, you know, I don't, yeah. a lot of those nerves are dead. So I don't have a lot of feeling there anymore. Yeah. So I, it's really cool for to, to know what that, what happened to you and to see you come back from it um, is, is really something. Cause a lot of people wouldn't uh, my really old friend, good training partner from Ohio, Mike Fobby, uh, he got hit on his motorcycle. A truck wasn't paying attention, pushed another car out of the lane yeah. into his into his motorcycle and just absolutely destroyed, fucked up his entire leg, nerve damage, completely torn his quad off the bone. And he came back from that. Now, it, it, it was probably not the smartest thing, but they said, don't, don't squat more than just your body weight. Yeah. And he came back and was squatting 700 plus equipped, but even such. So it's, I, mean, I really like to mention those kind of stories because that's really something about uh, perseverance. That's a really good test of your character. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, who are some folks in the sport that you look up to personally? Uh, I'm talking to one of them, man, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh on a personal level or like a professional level? Just, I mean, both. It could just be somebody you that you kind of look up to. You want to be like you're, you. The, the number you respect their numbers. Just anybody that kind of inspires you to keep going or get stronger, anything like that. Yeah, not look, again. Not trying to pump your tires, man. But you're a big one on that list. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You and Anthony were two big ones. Um, cool. I think Anthony Oliveira. Yeah, I would say Bob Merck's another. Bob Merck. I, damn it, he lives so relatively close to me. We just <laughs> haven't made that. We just haven't made the effort to, to hook up. I know he's constantly in training for like WPO type and stuff like that, but. Yeah, he uh, does more I, meets a year than anyone. Yeah, so I, I keep wanting to make the effort to go see. It's about, you now we could make the trip in three hours. Yeah. We're like really, really up north in Virginia, the northern 
head. I don't know what the fuck. I, I hate the state, but the, just the northern part of Virginia. <laughs> we can make it up there. He could come down. I said, hey, make a weekend out of it. Come squatter bench with us, you know, Saturday, Sunday. But just yeah. haven't gotten around to it. Um, do you think – and this is, this is always the question that I have – trouble understanding but I, I like hearing people's answers yeah but do you do you think there's ever going to be a point where uh you, you're like you're completely satisfied with what you've done the numbers you've achieved where you're like okay that's i'm good i don't want to do this no more um i think it's more so being a lot like over time it gets to be a lot more effort to get to that point more so than satisfaction I think that's what happens first. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you trying to, I guess I'll, I'll branch off that question. Yeah. I had this epiphany the other night. Somebody asked me how I stay motivated. Uh, even after all these years, I've been yeah. lifting for almost 18 competing for almost 14. This summer will mark 18 and 14 for me. Yeah. But uh, are you out here trying to chase uh, other people's marks, uh, chase, you know, bring down other people's totals, like beat this guy, beat that guy. Or are you in it mostly for yourself? You want to get yeah. what you want to get out of it. I think that would be more accurate for us in my eyes. Okay. I think that's a healthier way to go about it. That's my same answer is that, uh, I've spent my life trying to improve me and being concerned with me and nobody else. I mean, you know. if you only bench 500, you want to get the – it's a lot easier to just say, hey, I want to go to 525 than it is. Man, I got to go to this guy because he benches 725. I got to right. get up there. You know, you can't get 200 pounds out of nowhere. Correct. That's right. I think cause I think at the end, if you were like, oh, I'm trying to take down that guy's total, then you beat him. Oh, I got to take down this guy <laughs> yeah. and that guy. Once you finally reach the top, but that's all you've ever focused on. You never really cared else? about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> who else is there? Like, do you, yeah. how are you motivated past that point? And I think if you, because this is an individual sport, not that I don't have a crew, I don't have a team. This is a team effort thing. Yeah. Uh, but I've been, since I've only been focused on my numbers and my success, that's what keeps me motivated because I'm never satisfied with what I've done. So I, I constantly have bigger and bigger goals. Um, so that's good. So I, we're on the same page. Um, I, I, I don't know if we touched bases on this answer, but what would be the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome so far? I mean, I'm, honestly, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the fractured ulna and radius. Yes. Yes. And it's not just like, uh, you know, the physical aspect, but it's, you know, the mental that comes along with it after being cleared. It's like every time I have like forearm, pain which every equipped bencher does mm-hmm. uh, it's just like oh it's the bones again you know but i know it's not you got to trust the hardware uh-huh. um i remember you know like whenever i was first getting back under the bar after uh being cleared the bench would be i remember just taking the having to get the hand out taking the bar and then i just visualized both of the arms breaking in half just like ptsd yeah uh <laughs> I can only fathom. I mean, I've had very minor things happen to me over these last 18 years. And after I come back from something, I actually, the worst thing I ever had happen was 
I think, uh, I think I ruptured the fascia over my left pec, uh, Fort Lee Marine Corps short story that morning in PT at four in the morning, our instructor liked to use planks yeah. to test who are the men or who are the fucking little boys. I don't know. So we did planks all morning and I went through my school day. Just my, my titties were just fucking quivering the whole day. Like, Whoa, Whoa. I was really <laughs> using these 12 hour day at school. I got over it, went to the gym that night about second set with like two or three plates. I can't remember the weight set of eight. I went one, two, three on fourth rep. I heard a crunch or felt a crunch or both. I don't know. Yeah. And that was, uh, and I, I think uh, no, no bruising, no blood, no swelling, but I had extreme pain. And then for the next four months, I had to work around that. And the first time I started benching again, once it felt better, I was like, Oh, I swear that that thing goes, it was such a mental fuck, but yeah, I think ultimately it, it, I think you will, how, how long has it been since you, so when uh, did that? Twenty-two months. Uh, March fourteenth, two thousand twenty, was the day it happened. That's the day it happened. So it's been yeah. okay. It's been almost almost two years. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think with obviously with time, um, that that I think that will that will fizzle away after. Yeah, after like a, the like the physical is all good. It's just. I, takes so much time more than i realize as far as the mental stuff goes you know yes yep i tell people to just slow down enjoy the small marks don't try to go yeah. from a 300 pound 300 pound bench to a 600 pound bench in, in a couple of months like enjoy 300 <laughs> 315 320 335 340 350 like take your time doing it and build up slow one other thing i was going to tell you um you know like with the I don't, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, one of the guys I know, he was telling me like uh, when, you know, Polly was the thing at first, then denim come out. Denim apparently broke a fuckload of arms. <laughs> uh, I did. Just from what he was telling me, like the early 2000s. Um, you know, like people going from these huge, huge jumps from what they were able to, then the, I guess whenever the uh, – SDPs and whatever else was around at the time. And I, that's one of the big reasons, you know, like even in the Kruger, I haven't really, I haven't even taken 500 yet in that. So just do you have, you have a two or a three? Just a two ply. Two. Gotcha. That's it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got myself a brand new two layered one as well. Fucking around with that. Bruce Mason made me promise him I wouldn't go to a three ply for at least a year so. Uh, well, because of because of that. nature. Oh, because, because of, of that. that guy. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I actually traded in with Anderson. Uh, he sent me a, a triple. Yeah, and I was still doing the whole unlearning of everything I've been taught, like you know, flare out and all that yeah. stuff. And doing that with a thousand pounds, I sort of pop in my shoulder and I'd be out for three hmm. weeks trying to nurse that shoulder. Yeah. So I said, fuck this. And I, Rob made me a couple of custom ones where I can actually tuck and come look, come down low. But I traded that, I traded that triple in with Anderson. I said, just send me a double instead. Yeah. So I like mine. I like, I like <laughs> my double. Um, not huge difference. But I think you can get, if you're putting up in the fours, 
messing around with five and a poly. I mean, I think you could take that double, double F8 and go pretty far with it. At least for my limited experience that I have in them. So right, far. right. But I, I do, I do believe so. I know, like you told me, whenever you first got to, uh, first started using them, that it still didn't, because of the short range of motion, like, you know, the further, longer arms, you got more carryover because it's going to have more spring. I feel right. like that would be me at first, but uh, I guess we'll see as time goes on. Yeah, I, I've been working really close with Rob to make these things work. We finally got yeah. it through trial and error, um, but I've been able to make stiff material like single ply katanas work so well because of the short stroke and the short oh, yeah. arm um that's why when i got this double i amber hansen had one and she's a little bit smaller than me and she had like a size 43 or something and i tried squeezing into that way too small to the next size up is for, they go from 43 to a 50. So I'm like, hey, Ke Kevin, just send me a 50. We'll see how that works. So because I'm so short strokes, uh, short armed, I had to get one that fits kind of like my single plies, just fit yeah. really, really <laughs> small so that even me uh, can make, a, make, it, make it stretch a far distance. So that's working out pretty good so far. Um, so if you don't want to talk about I mean, I'm not an expert in these things by any means yet, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's working out pretty well. If you don't want to talk about it, just shoot me a message. I mean, fourteen hundreds um, is pretty. Oh there, well, <laughs> yeah. I know what just, you mean time wise. It's just uh, it's just training, though. That's what everybody <laughs> freaks out like. Oh, this is bullshit. It's like, well, hey, it's just training, dude. I, yeah. It's right there in the description. It's a training lift, so fucking get over it. But I always tell people that uh, get all bent out of shape that I've got such short arms and stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> we'll pick better parents next time, Bucko. I don't know, like. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to fucking say? Like, I was born this way. Get over it. Um, so the last really good question I have uh, for my sheet here is, this is, this is kind of an in interesting one. Everybody has a different answer. Yeah. If you could add, change, or delete a powerlifting rule, mm -hmm. what, what would be your decision? What would you do? You could add, change, or delete any rule. You know, I, I think that was the hardest one for me to come up with anything just because, like, I've always been the type of person with uh, you just take what the way it is and that's the way it is. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all there. There's not really – there's not really a rule that uh, I have a problem with to be yeah. – it, it, it keeps it it's, – it's, they're meant to be there for a reason is to keep the sport consistent. Um, most commonly I get people that don't want press commands in the bench. That seems to be a common one. They don't want press calls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, otherwise, I don't know. <laughs> we like throwing that one in there because sometimes we get an, an interesting answer. Um, in all honesty, like, I think the only thing I could think of is feds that have a start command for bench to get rid of that. I was. I'm gonna jump on that same train and say that I think the start <laughs> command is, is is ridiculous. Now, the only Fed that I compete with that has one is the RPS. And yeah. Gene, when Gene was alive, he was very very adamant about having a start command to eliminate the soft handoff. Okay. And I've seen some really soft benches. Uh, I call them soft benches, but. 
soft handoffs as of late. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. But I'm sure uh, you've seen some of like the old uh, West Side Pro Am videos, mm -hmm. uh, you know. <laughs> yes. Even, even, even recently, in the last few years, I've seen some, and I'm just like, how is that legal? How, what, what is this? But anyway, but I, I think that proper judging, uh, good judging can eliminate the need for a soft handoff. Someone does a soft handoff, <clears throat> fail the lift. Like, you know, it doesn't have to fly. Yeah. You don't need start command. Just get rid of the start command and just have good judging. And if the guy's hands are on the bar till it's halfway down to the guy's chest, then obviously it's not a good lift, but yeah, that's the way I look at it too. Yeah, that's just yeah. I'm glad that there's there's two of us now. Um, so I want to give you the opportunity uh, just to ask me anything you want, a few questions before we move forward. Uh, the only thing I can think of to ask you because normally when I have something to ask you, I just ask you. Yeah. Uh, are your bones made of carbon fiber and titanium, <laughs> and your joints still cables or? No, I'm you're not still, cyborg. <laughs> I'm still human, like like everybody else. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's the thing is, um, in my, in my polys, uh, for the last couple of years, I've only been in these Pharrell's, these F8s for the last few months or so. Yeah. Maybe four months at most. Yeah. And, uh, no, I've, I've handled weights up to uh, slowly over the last, I've been in shirts for almost 14 years. I, once I started competing, I was already in, in I was getting into equipment. So yeah, for 14 years of me slowly crawling. You, you have to do that in poly. You can't just make 100 and 100 pound jumps over and over again. My first shirted bench ever. I'll even go into my first official shirted bench full range in the gym, not even in a meet, was uh, 2018, I think, or 19, and that was 550. Uh, Karen Klein double denim was uh, my. <laughs> first bench shirt ever and my first official bench in a shirt was 550 and then so it took me almost 14 years to go from 550 to 1120 <clears throat> but in the meantime you know 1120 when i did it was not the first time i had handled that weight yeah. i don't think the the competitions are not the time to be experimenting you know like yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go into a meet and the first time you ever handle 800 pounds. That sh that's, should not be the case. You should handle, if your goal is to bench eight, you should be handling that weight or more in the gym on a very consistent basis. That's kind of how I've structured off, my entire career. Like basically. off, off, like off boards and whatnot. Yeah, just in any way possible. Just as long as that weight, that goal weight plus more, is getting in your hands, whether it's limited range of motion. Um, I've used static holds quite often. Yeah. I don't do it anymore, but I used to do reverse bands every now and again. Um, I've since, uh, those are obsolete to me anymore. Just, just to get my body accustomed, constantly adapting to the heavier and heavier loads slowly over these last 14 years. Um, so when I got into these Pharrell's, it wasn't like I was going from a thousand or 1100 straight to 14 i've been handling 1150 12 1250 1300 pounds in my polys um now granted 1400s 100 pounds more than i've ever handled my entire life yeah yeah 
and it absolutely it called fucked my central nerve. I made a whole video about how it fucked up my central nervous system for two weeks, um, completely fried me. But you know, I, I wasn't making a 400 pound PR jump, you know, uh, 100 pounds is doable. So it's just, it's just that I've slowly and successfully adapted um, over, like I said, almost 14 years. So, oh, yeah, I've got normal normal human bones just like anybody else does there's no there's no titanium or carbon fiber or, uh, I, keep, I was joking I, by asking yeah that. no i get you no it's, <laughs> I, I keep the the, co- the most common metal or metal alloy that i keep getting comments about is like are your bones specifically made of titanium not steel or iron or yeah anything else it's always titanium i don't understand why is that a strong metal or what is it yeah, like, yeah it's supposed to be like the strongest but i mean like mine my, my plates are titanium oh well that's that makes sense then so <laughs> no i'm not you know i am uh very normal i've just uh slowly adapt now i wouldn't recommend obviously <laughs> even a guy that's capable of benching eight or nine hundred pounds i would not ever make the suggestion to even hold that much weight for fear yeah. of the, the bones just can't the, the, the connective tissues and the bones can't handle it. But so, yes, very normal, very normal. So nothing to see here. Um, so I want to move on to, do you have anything else for me before we wrap it up here soon? Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Cause you brought up the Karen Klein. Um, <laughs> yeah. Think back, man. Is it, cause I've heard several people say this, is this, is it true that it smell like cigarettes when you pull them out of the bag? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've heard the stories. Um, I, I suppose, fortunately for me, um, I always had hand-me-downs. I never, <laughs> I never had a brand. I came from Blackstone's Gym in West Lafayette, Ohio, just a little spit of a town on a on the map of Ohio. And uh, you'd you'd show up. There was you know, Rusty Block and Adam Hicks and Tracy Wilder and Tracy Block and John Blackstone. And you'd show up, and if they liked you, they, they would just hand you shit. It's like, here, try this. Here, keep this. Here, use this. And I, just, I just got handed like three or four denim shirts. I'm like, what the fuck's it? Um, so they were always used. used. I never had a brand new one, so I I don't know if that rumor is true. And unfortunately, since we lost, we lost uh, Karen Klein a few years ago. Um, I guess we'll never know. So, okay. uh, <laughs> whenever I reach out to one of my buddies that had a brand new one, I will make sure I instagram message you the answer because <laughs> otherwise they were the best cut denim shirts you could ever possibly get your hands on um, i think uh jenny's one of the only ones that still makes denim shirts oh well Enzer still does actually well if, if you if you want your shirt to blow out on you then go ahead and buy an yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what i tell everybody but yeah i think <laughs> yeah jenny i've heard of that yeah she makes denim shirts. she makes some sort of hybrid one too where it's like denim with a layer of canvas yeah also. seems a little i mean i still like denim i think it's fun yeah. I, i'm not i'm not sponsored by a company that makes them but um they seem to be a little more on the obsolete side anymore do you um, ever use a canvas shirt i never used a canvas i had i had a double denim and i got my hands on a triple denim once a triple yeah. care incline I only made the, I only made the double work. I, ne- okay. I never got the triple to work. I just like, Oh, this thing sucks. I'm not going to use it. 
Uh, I went from a 550 bench. My first 700 pound bench was in the exact same shirt about a year later. So 550 to 700 pounds in the same shirt. Oh yeah. So there, there's really something to them, but I just, obviously I got picked up, but I got, that's the reason why I got picked up by Anderson was benching that 700 pounds at like 19 years old or some shit like that. So that's how, then I got into polys and katanas. So yeah, cigarettes, not sure. I will ask and uh, get a good answer for you though. Um, So I've got a couple questions uh, that people were sending us uh, on Instagram. So uh, one gentleman asked, do you have plans to compete in the WPO? Not anytime soon. You're, you're, is that on your radar for like a lifetime type of thing? Uh, if, if I do it, it would be a lifetime thing. But yeah, not anytime oh. soon for sure. Okay, cool. I mean, cool. I'm just not going to pump my own tires, man. But <laughs> oh no, I yeah. I think uh, no, I think you're more incapable. And whether it, I mean, there's no telling if it's going to take a year or two years or three. But um, I think that's something you could possibly get into for sure. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be the goal. Okay. Um, let's see another one. Uh, this one, I think we touched on this one a little bit at the, at the beginning, but I guess not when you started, uh, lifting weights, but how did you start? What interested you? What, what got you into it in the first place? Um, I don't even know, man. (laughs) Uh, Going way back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I really don't remember. Um, I just I, – I don't know what it was that enticed me to go to a gym when I was 17, but I did. Mm-hmm. And I just stuck ever since for the most part. Yeah. No, I got bit by the bug very, very yeah. quick. <laughs> it didn't take long. I, I – picked up a bodybuilding book from the from a bookstore in canton ohio yeah some guy's hamstring looked like a big veiny bicep and i was like (laughs) that is fucking impressive that's what i want so i started out bodybuilding so i was inspired by a book actually so oh yeah yeah that's exactly how it started i wanted i bodybuilded for my first eight months i gained man newbie gains but i i put 30 pounds of muscle on in like eight or nine months went from 150 to 180 and that's when all the steroid rumors started in fucking middle school and it carried on till you know the rest of my fucking life so yeah so i got i got inspired by a book um what's been your biggest gain whether that be lessons you've learned perhaps physical or mental but what's the biggest gain that you've gotten from lifting weights um honestly just the the friends i've made all over the country you know, like, uh, that's one thing, you know, you, uh, I wouldn't expect getting into it. Like I figured, you know, you got your crew or whatever that's local to you, but having people I know in Virginia, Ohio, uh, Illinois, you know, I, I, I would have never fathomed it to be as big as it actually gets. It's, it's a, it's a community we all respect each other because of kind of what we're committed to, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there would be at least, you know, probably 10 cities I could go to and have a place to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. From coast to coast. I mean, I, I, I'd probably avoid California at all costs personally, <laughs> but, but anywhere else, gym, right? 
Yeah, well, Virginia is kind of the the East Coast, <laughs> California. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's that's awesome. That's a good answer. I, yeah, I, I've made so many friends because anywhere I go, we're we're all doing the same thing. We all respect each other. And uh, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've not. One thing I've noticed. I just want to put that out there that oftentimes, in my experience, I the the biggest and strongest guys have always been also the most kind. Oh, yeah. And those who I've met that were complete fucking assholes were always not the strongest ones in the room, kind of the the, the weaker, I'll say weaker ones. They're usually the one and dones, the burnouts, mm-hmm. you know. It was just so weird. Like, any anybody who I've ever met that was a complete dick was not at all very successful or strong. And the ones that were the most successful and strong, ironically, were also just the most kind and good guys. I don't. It's just a. This is kind of funny how that worked, but I'd imagine it's like that in any faction of life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just that's just that's just me. Um, I try to pass that on. I don't like to reject anybody, or I'm not talking to you because I don't have time for that. I don't, I'm I'm not that. Oh, fuck that. I don't know what being a complete asshole to strangers gets you in life, you know, like just, just don't be a dick. Just be nice to people. There's, there's enough hate in the world. Just, just be kind, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, the last very question. True. From, yeah. Very true. Um, last question from Instagram here, actually uh, two, two, I got two questions. Last one's kind of funny, but uh, this one says any advice for guys wanting to get into equipment? put it on simple just get Um, into it really though i would say free borrowed or used from someone you know very smart Uh, get starting something that's maybe a size bigger than what you need um just let yourself grow into it i think that's i couldn't have put it any better because getting into brand new equipment now i didn't do that i went the i brand didn't do that equipment. either <laughs> uh, i went that probably would have been a lot smarter uh, i mean obviously my first venture was a hand-me-down care and climb but my suits um briefs anything like that were all brand new so good good piece of advice go the used yeah. route that's going to be easier to learn before you invest in something that you might not be able to learn properly that's a very very good way to put it my first uh, shirt well my, my second shirt i'll say I didn't have the first one very long. It was a Enzer Phenom. It, it blew out like three weeks before my first meet. Um, but my second shirt was a triple ply 56 SDP, and which was like a size, maybe two sizes smaller than what I really needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never got that thing to touch, man. <laughs> you turn around and sell it or did you hang on to it? Yeah, yeah, I, I sold it. Yeah. Got a bigger one. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 great though. That uh, yeah, my my one buddy Joe Fazio was always on eBay. eBay was a fantastic place to find. I remember uh, that man. You can't find anything on there anymore though. For really? The most part. Oh, he. Not- I mean, I I never got into it much. I've always been with Anderson, but yeah, Joe Fazio up until he moved about a year ago. But he would just he come to the gym with something new every other week, every couple of weeks. Just like yeah. I was on eBay. If I was on eBay, I'm fuck man how much was it oh 70 bucks for a triple ply <laughs> metal ace or something i'm like yeah bucks like it was so yeah there, there's treasures out there but 
yeah, if you're learning, used is the way to go. Um, I'm not sure who asked this. It's kind of uh, an odd question, but uh, any plans to move to Ohio? No. No. It's too <laughs> it's ugly, just, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's an ugly state. <laughs> I call it... Uh, <laughs> I call it the sick. Now it's, it's our home. We just, we love Ohio. I mean, I I'm, I'm originally actually from Montana and I no came kidding. to Ohio. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was born in the Gallatin Valley, uh, area called Bozeman, Montana, but, uh, moved to Ohio at a very early age after my parents had this breakup, uh, divorce thing. But, uh, I, I call Ohio uh, the sick state. Cause every fucking time we go home to visit or go home for a meet or go home to help somebody to meet like the North of the border, we always get sick. I remember you talking about that on the, uh, uh, Patreon. Yeah. Um, every, every damn time. I've been, we've been out of state for almost six years because of the military. And then we just kind of stayed here after I got out and every fucking time we went home either for a couple of days or like for the Arnold classic or anything yeah. like that, we would come home sick as a dog. So I I can see myself going there for like north of the border or something once a year, but I can't see myself living there. It's too ugly, bro. It's too ugly. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, it's one negative, but it's also it's it's Ohio, man. It's 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 so itself, you know. <laughs> Although I've never been to uh, Kentucky or Tennessee, so I can't really. Uh, how is it living in there in uh, Tennessee? Uh, it's, I mean, you know, we got pretty mountains and stuff right now. They're covered in snow. Um, going down, man. You got snow there, huh? Well, yeah. Nah, that's a deal breaker for me. Ugh. It's like a once a year, once a year type of thing, dude. Oh, well, yeah. Now, Ohio, Northeast anyway, I'm not sure about like Cincinnati area, but we, North, we got that lake effect from Erie at oh, all. Jesus. God damn it. We had a great aunt lived up on the lake in cleveland and she'd call us and say oh we're getting dumped on we got 18 inches and no shit three hours later that lake effect would swoop down to us and we'd get blaster fucking snow no man like the most like the most you'll ever see around here is like six inches when well, you said once once a year it's usually not that much though <laughs> that's amazing we just got dumped about 14 inches here last week and the whole fucking state shut down all state of Virginia. <laughs> they they do that here too, to, man. Yeah. Nobody, well, nobody's, nobody knows how to drive, uh, or at least in this part of Virginia, a lot of people can't drive when the roads are dry, let alone with snow or rain. So that's yeah, super, super fun. But, uh, is there anything else you want to leave uh, with myself or the audience before we wrap this thing up? Not really, man. It's cool. been a pleasure well, hey, though. No, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here, everybody. This is Matt Brooks from Tennessee. Uh, he's up and coming, uh, 26 years old, getting close to a 2,000-pound total, and that's only the beginning, I believe. We're going to see a lot of bigger numbers, big totals coming from Matt Brooks. So uh, thank you very much, Matt, for being here with me today, and I want to wish you the rest of a uh, good rest of your week. And then, obviously, you reach out anytime you want to talk, man, or bullshit. Thanks, man. I wish you the same. Cool, buddy. Hey, take care. See you, man. Thank you.